This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, joined as always by host Nick Horwat. And the Penguins currently have a 2-1 to series lead over the New York Rangers. Game 4 coming up later this evening. We will preview that game. But before we do that, let's talk about what we saw on Saturday in Game 3. The first playoff game at PPG Paints Arena in 2022. Horwat was there in action. I see the Penguins uh, towel behind you. Yes. So let me know, first and foremost, what was that atmosphere like at PPG Paints? Yeah, because it was the first um, full-capacity crowd playoff game since 2019. Mm -hmm. And that was the sweep year. Yes. And I didn't go to a game that playoffs. So it's the first playoff game I'd been to since 2018. Mm -hmm. Um trying to remember if I even went to one. I don't remember going to one that series. I'm just assuming I did. Uh, But it was as electric as ever because I think a lot of this fan base does realize this could be it. We can tell just by his play on the ice, Sidney Crosby thinks this could be it. And there's confidence in this fan base right now. That was one thing that was not there definitely last season. I mean, despite not a full capacity, there was just something in, in... Something stinky in the fan base. You could just tell they weren't... The confidence wasn't there. But there was something about Game 3 at PPG Paints Arena that felt different. It felt positive. The vibes were there, basically, is what yeah. I'm saying. The vibes have, are are back for the fan base that... The fan base is aware that this might not be the cup run that we're all wanting. Mm-hmm. But, but we want something good. We want something fun to discuss over summer and maybe have these lasting memories of like I said, what could be the end of a huge run for the core. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the end of the playoffs playoff streak, but it could be the end for the core in this town because every day it just seems more and more apparent or certain that someone's going to go. I mean, mm-hmm. Rob Rossi said that even with the new management, the only people that are safe are Sullivan, and I'm assuming that's because he's a Boston guy, and Crosby. That and, he's, are, that and he's one of the top three go- uh, coaches, in my opinion, in the National Hockey League, but continue. Right, but we had the discussion of could his seat be getting warm because of yeah the, the Mike Tomlin effect, too. It's He had yeah. won his championships early and has won in the regular season since, but not much in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but it's the vibes are there. The crowd is into it. The fan base is into it. Um, it was electric being there. I I, I understand that I quote tweeted a fake quote, <laughs> so people I, I get it. Yeah. Um, but it, it, the tweet kind of went off a little bit, so I'm keeping it for now. Um, that quote of but it's a, but it is a good talking point. That quote though, that fake quote of uh, chanting Igor's name at all. Teams, crowds, fan bases do that in regular season games. It's just a thing to do. It, in Pittsburgh especially, I know we've done it for years, it gets amped up a little extra in the playoffs in the postseason. I can remember I can remember us chanting Holtby's name in the series we lost. Maybe that's where it came from. I, that's the last time I was at a playoff game. Um, it's something that just every fan base does. Crosby sucks chants happen at 31 other arenas in this, in this league. Yeah. I'm not sure one happened at Seattle this year, so maybe 30. 
Nah, 30. I'm, I'm sure they'll come to Climate Pledge Arena next year. Yeah. But just the chanting is just a thing that happens. And, you know, to Troll, who's a good buddy of ours, said that, you know, the not-so-nice I'll, – I'll, I'll keep it clean for now. The not-so-nice Penguin fans were doing it after he gave up one goal. And I said, buddy, we did it after puck drop. It was electric because the crowd was into it. And it doesn't help that it was the first time Igor was seeing ice – after being resuscitated on the ice. Yeah. So we kind of had to give it to him, you know? So, and we gave it to him. And you know what it did? He gave up four goals. We started the chance at puck drop. At the end of 20 minutes, he was pulled. Yeah. For the guy who was, by the way, do you remember when Georgiev was supposed to be better than him? Yeah. Yeah, I do remember distinctly a conversation I had with Andy Hammond of the Broadway Boys podcast. And just the Broadway Boys in general, him and uh, James saying, wow, man, Lungfist and Georgiev, what a duo. And they were like, yeah, wait till you see the guy that's in the waiting. He's the guy. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, g- enjoy it. But, like, I, th- that's crazy. And then all of a sudden it's just Starkin. But nonetheless, yeah, the, the fact that the Penguins fans came out and were rowdy from puck drop on was great to see. It had that building feeling like it did back in 2016, back in 2017, not just because of the fans, which were amazing. Let me, let me, Let me not dispute that fact but because of the play in that first period the penguins came to play were ready to take on the rangers in that game three and they got off to a great start it helped i do have like a five-pronged attack at how to look at this game let's start with jason zucker's return because a lot has been penguins losing players in this series they finally get one back in jason zucker who had missed the previous three games including the last game of the regular season against the columbus blue jackets and now he comes into the game He's placed on the third line, which understandably, listen, the guy has barely skated. He had basically a half a practice to get ready for this one. So starts on the third line with Rodriguez and Carter and goes out there and does exactly what you want Jason Zucker to do. In my opinion, that is peak Jason Zucker, plus the fact that he stayed healthy, which was very nice through at least a game. Physical on on guys, laid about three massive body checks. We haven't seen a shift similar to that. Like It made me think of Brooks Orpik back in against the Detroit Red Wings, where he's just hitting everything that moves, crushed Adam Fox, and then draws a penalty that leads to, I believe that led to a goal, uh, the Evan Rodriguez goal on the power play. So the fact that Jason Zucker was able to return helped in the first place. Secondly, the fact that he was able to come in and immediately be that energizer bunny was amazing to see for the Pittsburgh Penguins and was huge in getting that momentum on their side early in the first. Yeah, I can say with confidence that no matter which penalty uh, it was, a goal was scored. Yeah. <laughs> All three of the pe- of the Rangers' penalties, a goal was scored, whether it was the two for the Penguins or that one to tie it, which uh, you want to talk about taking the air out of the building. Yeah. They did it. They did it. Chris Letang helped a lot, helped a lot with that. Uh, but you know what? It was, and I think Louis Domingue put it perfectly in his little post-game uh talk with Dan Potash that it was like three games were played yeah first period was a whole game in itself second period was the Rangers game and the third was the Penguins because they turned it back on in that third period and I just put a piece out again for the love of God how long has this been biting us in the ass play the full 60 not even that but just don't play as poorly for an entire 20 minutes because it's not that they played not so great in the second they were awful They were back to the team that we saw in the last couple of weeks in the regular season where they couldn't get a damn thing going. And Louis Domingue hung out the dry as he was. He couldn't make a save. 
So nothing was going right for the Pittsburgh Penguins in the second period. They had only 24% of the expected goals at 5-on-5. That's pathetic. That's not even taking into account the Penguins' power play, which gave up that goal that you mentioned to Andrew Kopp, who was able to just sit in front of the crease with nobody there to bunt it in the net. That's what I think got me the most. Not the fact that Chris Letang turned the puck over. Not the fact that he had a perfect form tackle in front of Mike Tomlin, who was in the front row. But the fact that Andrew Kopp was able to sit there, wait patiently for that puck to gently come down out of the air, and just bunt it in. Malkin, Gensel, Crosby, Rust, where were they? Where were they? Because not only did they not come back to begin with to come out, help out Chris Letang, but they weren't going to come back whenever he turned the puck over. There was a solid six seconds that you could have been closer. I didn't like the effort on that play. I didn't like the effort by the Penguins power play to begin with. But realistically, luckily, like you said, they got back to business in the third period. Oh, did they? Yeah, I, that that second period, I mean, the the it, we just took our foot off the gas completely. I, I don't know how else to put it because the Rangers pulled within one. They, they were down they were down three. They pulled within one before the Penguins got a shot off. Yeah. It was bad because I kept looking at the score at the at the scoreboard, looking at the shots, and I went, We haven't gotten a shot on goal yet, and we're up by one. Entire first nine minutes of that period, there was not a single shot by the Penguins. Yeah, it was about halfway through Chad we Chad Ruido finally got one on, and quite honestly, I didn't I looked up again and went, We got two? When did we get two? So they weren't obviously solid shots on goal either. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the foot was just off the gas. We were letting the Rangers control the play, and that's not something you can do against a team like the Rangers. Mm-hmm. They have the the firepower. They have the skill. They have the ability to make you regret pulling the foot off the pedal for even five minutes because you don't know when that mountain's going to just be too high to climb. Yeah. Let's say that, that this was the first period they did this. They scored three goals in the first who knows if we're able to score three because they can shut it down. Sturkin is still in net. They can just stop you from scoring. Mm-hmm. That's what Maybe. happened in the second game of the regular season. The Rangers got out to a 3 nothing lead in the first 10 minutes, and the Penguins couldn't respond. They, they just couldn't. Now, they didn't have Malkin in that game and yada, 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 and whatever. But nonetheless, it is a very different game when the Rangers have a three-goal lead versus when the Penguins have a three-goal lead, and that's what we've seen in this series. Yeah, and let's even say they slip up and make and they have the one goal lead after two. Let's say it's uh, five to yeah five to four at the end of two. Who knows if that mountain's too high to climb? It's the playoffs, and twenty yeah. minutes is not a ton of time, but also a lot of time. But it just depends. And with the Rangers, I mean that's not a ton of time. You need as much time as possible to mm-hmm. build off your lead. We were lucky that it was only four to four. We were lucky that Sidney Crosby and the Penguins were able to roll back out and just dominate that third period mm-hmm. um that third game if you will yeah in louis Deming's eyes in my opinion the third period to me was more impressive than the first period for the pittsburgh penguins they did play i think they played better in the fact that obviously they were converting on all their chances obviously they were dominating all of the chances but in that third period the adversity there was more impressive to me and also to mike sullivan who said this after the game you know, and one of the one of the discussions we, we had with the guys was just that it's not always going to go the right way, and the other team's going to push, and, and we're going to get on our heels, and 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 we're going to get scored against, and give up, you know, maybe give up a lead, whatever it may be. That stuff happens in hockey; it doesn't always go your way. What's most important is how you react to it, and and that for me is is the biggest takeaway from tonight. 
obviously we didn't love the second period. But the, the fact that we were able to respond the way we did in the third, for me, I couldn't be more proud of the team. When you look at that third period, first and foremost, you come into it shorthanded. You kill off the last 30 seconds for a penalty kill that had not been doing good. I mean, coming into this game, the New York Rangers were converting at 40% on the power play in this series. Two for five. But the fact that they were able to kill that first penalty, then kill two more in a row in the first, what, seven minutes of the period, including a really bad offensive zone penalty taken by Danton Heinen, that in itself was impressive. Then, of course, you have the big save by Louis Domingue on Artemi Panarin, who had beat him from that spot in the second period, comes over, makes a big shoulder save, and right away, down to the other end, Malkin with a huge play to take the puck away from the New York Rangers defenseman. Good forecheck there. And then Dayton Heinen just sliding it right past Alexander Georgiev, and the Penguins take the lead. That whole 10-minute sequence, first and foremost, playoff hockey is not good for the physical health of people that are this invested. I have a knot in the back in the center of my back that has been there since that third period. I've been trying to get it out. But like that is how tense that situation is when you give up that 4-1 to lead and then have three straight penalty kills that you have to kill off against a really good Rangers power play. But they were able to do it, able to get the lead, and then, of course, as we'll continue to discuss, able to get the 2-1 series lead. Yeah, those were huge, huge, huge penalty kills. And I think that may have been a big part of swinging the momentum because... You can't have your best players on the ice when you're killing penalties. You could, but it's not going to be the same because they're going to be playing defense. I think that, that's that been a uh, a gripe that the Leafs have seen a lot recently is that their best players don't kill penalties. So guys like Matthews, Marner, they're not on the ice in the penalty kill. For the Penguins, I've, Rust is out there killing penalties, but Crosby's not. You know, Malkin's obviously not going to. It's We can't take penalties because that, that takes away from their ice time. Mm-hmm. So... If you want your top guys on the ice, you have to stay out of the box. And that's this is a whole conversation not even bringing into the fact how good of a power play the Rangers have. Mm-hmm. It's one. It was top ten in the league, right? It was number four in the National Hockey League this year. Yeah. Chris Kreider had 26. He was almost oh, a 30-goal right. scorer on the power play. Yeah, like we went over it. I just forgot where it stood. That's yeah. stupid. And you can't let that team, let those guys, let that group be on the ice mm-hmm. that often especially when they're going to have the extra body it's not ideal at all but if you're able to kill it off that's important that's huge and that's exactly a big reason why the momentum swung back into the penguins favor in that third period playing solid defense slowing the game down mm-hmm. the second we went up four to one <clears throat> i just kept thinking just slow the game down please Ooh. i know the i know these guys don't like playing like that they hate it but that's when the mistakes get made mm-hmm. so if you're able just to slow it down like still try and play the faster game but just take your time a little more yeah that's where the less mistakes will get made the odds of turnovers or letting up goals is going to happen i just think that's going to be super important if we catch another multi-goal lead like that just slow it down a little bit take your time a little more yeah my dad actually texted me in the first intermission and he said, man, that was fun, wasn't it? And I just sent him back a picture of Erod first and foremost, which we'll get to in a minute. And then secondly, I said, yes, but I want more. Like, do not rest on your laurels. That's exactly what they ended up doing. That's why the game ended up 4-4. to That's why I have a big knot in the center of my back right now. But nonetheless, the Penguins still come out of it with the 2-1 to series lead. What I think was the most impressive part of that third period, and we saw it early on 
in the season this year. The defensive play by the Penguins was absolutely phenomenal. Allowing only six shots when you had two and a half penalties to kill in that period. Not only that, you outchanced the New York Rangers 14 to 4 in a, a lot of people said this, I disagreed, in a must win third period in the playoffs. Some people were saying this might be the series. I disagree because it's only a two to one lead. But nonetheless, it is a pivotal third period. And the Penguins came out, like I said, outchanced them 14 to 4, only gave up six shots on goal. Fantastic job insulating Louis Domingue, who has struggled a little bit in the last couple of games when it comes to keeping the puck out of the net. But nonetheless, a great team performance at the end of Game 3, which is why we sit where we are right now with a 2-1 to one lead. I can see where people are coming from in that, in that being the most important third period and probably the most important game. I usually stand by that Game 3 is the most important game um, because mm-hmm. it's the switch of home, home ices in uh, any... In any record or any standing of it, like 0-2-1-1-2-0 through the first two, uh, it's a deciding game. You lose game three after being up 2-0, well, depending on the home ice even, it's it's a different game. It's going to be that mm-hmm. same crowd in, this, in, in game four. It could swing even, even more into, the, into that momentum. Uh, 1-1 like it was that third game, it starts to pull away, especially in the Penguins' favor when it's the home team that wins that game three. It's going to be that same crowd in game four. Yeah. They can pull up 3-1, and it's a a much different series. I mostly rely on game three being the most important, if not up there. Game four is a huge one, too. It does depend on the series always. Yeah. Uh, But I I think game three could be a decider, though, if we're able to perform very well in game four. Yeah, yeah, and I I think... I agree with you to the point of like, even if, especially if you look at a team that lost two games on the road to start a series. I mean, look at Philadelphia in the NBA. They came back to that game three, massive win over Miami. All of a sudden, now the series is tied because they took that momentum into game four to bring it back into hockey. Same thing with the Boston Bruins. They were down two to oh. They looked, they got crushed in both games down in Raleigh in games one and two. Come back to TD Garden in game three, big win. Came back in game four, big win. All of a sudden, they're tied up, and they have all the momentum in the world going back down to Raleigh. For the Penguins, of course, it is a little different, like you mentioned, a one-to-one series. But the opportunity, think about how we feel right now. I'm assuming you feel the same way. That confidence that this fan base now has in this team, that confidence that that team has to have after facing that adversity plus the adversity in game one, it's such a big momentum shifter because now you get to the latter stages of a series and you have that leg up and you have that momentum in your in your in your favor not to mention the fact that game 4 like you said right back in that same arena we looked at what happened on sunday all four game or all four series are now knotted up at 2 we'll see what happens tonight obviously the colorado series is basically over they're already up 3 to nothing but the other three series going on tonight it's a 2 to 1 series we'll see if those follow suit a couple more things to talk about Let's start with Evan Rodriguez, because whether you call him Evan Rodriguez, whether you say it's the resurrection of Rodriguez, or if you're just saying, listen, like I said, he's been playing really well all series long. He just finally got the opportunity to finish. And once he did that, two goals and an assist, I still think it's three goals. I've watched that Jeff Carter supposed goal in the first period over and over again. 
There's no way he ever touched that puck. So I'm going to say he has a hat trick in that game. What did you think of Evan Rodriguez's performance? Pretty good. It, pretty good. Uh, pretty good. I Just because, first of all, what a play by Brian Boyle. I'm going to start there. That's the, that yeah. uh, Rodriguez's second slash third goal. I'm going to hold on to second because I, there's no way Shesterkin didn't throw it off of Carter's leg. It looked it like, see, to me, and I don't want to get belabor this fact, but it, to me it looked like it was in his hit glove. His glove hit Jeff Carter's leg, and then the puck squirted out. You know, as a Vesna winning goalie, you got to have that. Well, How yeah, nonetheless. <laughs> not, nonetheless, you should have saved it. Yeah, but no, it it was that point. It was, it was that goal where I really was like, this is the Evan Rodriguez we've been missing. The one who's finding the open space, because that's what he did. He found that open space. And just knew exactly what to do with it. Yeah. It looked like a Evan Rodriguez goal that we saw all throughout the first half of the season. Found his open space, and you just knew that it was on his stick. You looked at it and you said, "It's in." Just yeah. get up, like start cheering now because it's already in and it's still on his stick. That's how that goal felt. Mm-hmm. It was taken like a great start of the play from Boyle straight to Evan Rodriguez, who just immediately was, "Yep, we know it's in. We yeah. just know it." That's what we've been missing here, and. I'm not so certain it's going to come back for the rest of the series just because everyone can pop off for a game. Even Kaepernick yeah. popped off for a game this season. But the fact that he has been playing very well to start the series and that he's being rewarded for it here in Game 3, at bare minimum, if he can keep playing well, I like mm-hmm. it. He'll get rewarded again eventually. We just yeah. got to stay in, and we have to keep doing stuff with it. So... I'm pretty confident in him. It's, again, I still don't expect too much anymore, given the downfall. But it's good that he was able to help contribute to a huge win, mm-hmm. especially now. For me, and I know you mentioned that that fourth goal of the game where Brian Boyle set him up. And that was a, a laser of a shot, stuff that we did see early on in the season. I loved the, the goal he scored right before that. Not only did he create that space, coming into the zone with speed, cutting into the middle, taking that shot. He might have missed the net. I understand that. But the ability and the sense to follow your shot up is something that sometimes it's so simple, but a lot of people just don't do it. He followed it up. The puck luckily went through like eight players, including Shesterkin, including Shesterkin, came right back out to him. And guess what he does? He doesn't miss a second time. That is so vastly important. It's what I was mentioning in games one and two about Evan Rodriguez's play is he's making the smart plays. He's doing the right things, and eventually it's going to pay off. Period one of game three, it paid off with a three-point outburst in the first 20 minutes, and it was obviously the driving factor to the Pittsburgh Penguins getting a massive game three victory. Lastly, before we had to break and then come back and talk a little bit about the injured Penguins, talk a little bit about tonight's game four, how do you think Louis Domingue has done to this point? Quite honestly, not the best. It could also just be the defense in front of him not being all the way there. Yeah. Um, Domingue has done what he's what he could. Honestly, it's, it's kind of what I expected from him. I mean, he's given up nine goals. That's ah, a lot. That's yeah. a lot. In two games. In two games. That's a lot. That's not ideal. You don't want to be the team that has to outscore their problems, mm-hmm. especially when how faulty our bottom six can be. I mean, I don't like it. I yeah. think he's played okay. He's played well enough. Obviously, we're getting victories. Yeah. Um, but now I when you look at the pure numbers of it, and you don't look at the scores or anything else, um, he's facing a ton of shots, and he's making the correct amount of saves. It's solid enough. 
But uh, let me pull up the game log. 32, he, 32 saves on 36 shots in the in game three. Um, now I get what he did in game one was huge. Understand that. Yeah. Uh, but then making 35 on 40 in game two, uh, game two, he's facing a ton of shots, and that's part of the issue here because he is a third string goalie. He spent most of the year in the AHL. These are different shots he's facing. Mm-hmm. Sure, he's an NHL goalie, but he hasn't. He was an NHL goalie before, but he hasn't seen that kind of time in a while. Yeah. I think if we were to keep him in longer term, or if he was the backup all season, um, I think I'd have a little more confidence in him. I think he'd be able to be a little smarter on things. He's mm-hmm. it's it's not that he's a wild goalie, but every now and again you catch him just being all over the place. He drifts. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sporadic. It's not as common as, say, a, a young flurry. Um, but you see him, you know, fighting to get back into position a good amount, especially if you really pay attention to it. But he's been solid. It's just you don't want to see him giving up nine goals in two games, and it's okay to be a little worrisome about it. Yeah. Because you don't want to be the team that has to outscore their problems, especially mm-hmm. in the playoffs, especially against a Vesna winner that you may have chased, but still. I think... I think it's going to be difficult, but I think he's going to be able to maintain at least one to two more games. I think he's going to keep catching up to the speed as we go on. I, it's uh, I'm feeling okay about it, and that was my long way of saying I'm feeling okay about all of it. Yeah. Before I say anything else, in the middle of that, you're not going to get away with it. I caught it, and I'm going to bring it up. Did you say Young Flurry was calm? I said he was sporadic, like, or okay. like all over the place, it, like a young, it, like a it young sounded flurry. like you said calm, like a young flurry. I said those words don't. That's an oxymoron if I've ever heard one. But uh, nonetheless, it was just a, a mishearing thing. I, I guess. may have said it wrong too, but you get but, what I'm going for. I'm saying he's, yeah. he's not as bad as young flurry and being just everywhere. Everywhere, but yeah. he definitely has those moments of fighting to get back. There were a couple of moments I saw in Game Three where he was genuinely just desperation leg pumping to get to the other post yeah uh, and it looked scary but uh part of this and i somehow failed to mention this in my long rant about being okay the defense has to shape up in front of them it it, it does and it did in the third period and then still you need to make a save at some point and he was able to do that so if he can just do that especially if he's keeping them in the game to begin with then that's perfectly fine for now. It's not sustainable by any means, but when you look at his overall numbers in the three games he's played, obviously a two and one record, but only a 903 save percentage and a 4.03 goals allowed average, that's not nearly good enough to continue to go forward against different teams. But the the, the fact of the matter is, right now with the Pittsburgh Penguins, they have outplayed the Rangers enough to where they can have that and still find success. For Louis Domingue, though, obviously you need more from him. But when you look at him, how much can you ask of this guy? I don't want to harp on being mean on this guy because he is enjoying himself. He is doing what he needs to do. And the Penguins have a 2-1 to series lead, so it's working out. Not to mention the fact that the shadow of Tristan Jari is growing larger and larger as time goes on. But nonetheless, I have a quote here from him. It just sounds like he's having fun. It sounds like he's enjoying his time. And how can you not root for a guy like that? Here's Louis Domingue after the Game 3 victory. 
I try to shut everything down, you know, try to play this as it's just another game and it's just another day. At, at the end of the day, we're playing hockey. Um, you know, from the moment I, I brought my net outside in, my, in the street and, and put my rollerblades on and played outside and have, you know, cars go around my net. This is what I would, this is the film I was playing in my head the whole time, you know. So um, even if it's new to me, it, it, this is, like I said, this is a film that I've been playing in my head for a long time. So I'm trying to control my emotions. It's pretty hard. Uh, to be honest, it's 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 so new and it's it's a lot. It's a lot, but we're gonna take it a day at a time and and move on. Like we're gonna enjoy tonight, and then tomorrow it's Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. But uh, we're gonna just move on and move on to the next game. Gonna echo that sentiment first and foremost from Louis Deming. Happy belated Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, especially both of ours. We thank them for all that they've done, but. It sounds like a guy that's enjoying his time being the starter, but knows that he has a job to do. And like he said, he's been playing that in his head for the longest time since back when he was playing street hockey, like all of us. I just, when he said that, I just thought back to the amount of times that you would just hear car. And then you just take everything down, pauses the entire game. And then the goalie just shuffles back out to the middle of the, 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 the road sets it down and you continue. It took me back to my childhood. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about for Louis Domingue. Clearly, we'd like to see a better performance, but he's making the big saves when he needs to, and he's not letting the pressure get to him, which is a massive, massive thing for a goaltender in this situation. So I'm, I'm fully behind Louis Domingue, but I would like to see his numbers get elevated in game four tonight. There's no way there wasn't someone in that room not smiling when he's talking, by the way. You heard people giggling when he oh, said that. The entire time, like from the from the memories of playing street hockey to it's the film that's in your head to the Mother's Day shout out to I'm just playing my game. All of that. How are you not just sitting with the biggest smile on your face? Win or lose, really. Like yeah. he is at least a driving factor of positivity in this locker room. He's going to bring the the vibes in the locker room, not just to the crowd. It's he's just a joy to have as a person on the team we wish he was a little better in stopping a couple of more pucks but you know what thank you for just being a sweetheart on this team you know what i mean it's thank you for just keeping the mood yeah. light you know was that second period awful yes but you know what he was able just to talk about being a kid again like what are you okay love it thank you for just the positivity that genuinely it's an it's a breath of fresh air in the playoffs because it's louis domingue out here talking about just playing as a kid again uh, taking full advantage of his opportunity and doing his job and then there's i don't want to say sid's a bad like interview person but you know in the playoffs sometimes he can just buckle it down and just straight answer straight answer straight answer because mm -hmm. that's all hockey guys do then there's louis just enjoying his time here he's gonna be here for the rest of the playoffs that's for damn sure regardless of starting or not but it's fun. He's just fun having around. There's no way you can't smile when he talks. Uh, even in the damn Potash presser. Yeah. Uh, I think just presser. And that little interview. Just before, I mean, before he really even got an answer and he's shouting into the mic, let's go Pens. Like, it's the small things that this guy is doing that can get a fan base behind him and the team can get behind. For the love of God, stop a few pucks in front of him because he's not going to stop all of them. No offense to him. Great guy. Phenomenal guy from these interviews. But yeah. he's not a starting caliber goalie for the playoffs. So, yeah, got to figure it out. Job. Yeah, he's getting the job done, but 
let's not mistake him for a guy like Andre Vasilevsky. Let's help him out a little bit. And and part of that is going to be getting some guys back in the lineup, whether that be Tristan Jari, or if Jari's not back, getting guys like Raquel and Dumlin. We'll talk about their returns and their updated injury statuses right after this break. This is the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. What's going on, hockey fans? The pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter the outcome. Whether they win or lose, you're a winner. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings' same-game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more, it's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Make sure to use promo code THPN and bet just $5 on any NHL team to win to get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. Well, Horwat, we broke down game number three, which means we're currently up to date and now at game number four. It's interesting because they're not going to get anybody back tonight. It was nice to get Jason Zucker back on Saturday. Nobody's coming back into the lineup tonight, unfortunately, just because that's where the three injured players currently stand. We're going to break down and actually ask a very interesting question. Not that any of these guys are not vastly important because all three of the guys that are currently injured for the Penguins play major roles in this team's success and will play a major role in this team's success if and when they return from injury. But might as well rank them because this is for entertainment. So let's rank these players by the importance to the Penguins and then at the end of this, ask... Can the Penguins win a series without them? I'll start really quickly. We're going to run down our three, and then we'll get into it deeply afterwards. I think the most important person is obviously Tristan Jari. We talked in the last segment about how important it is that Louis Domingue continues and starts to improve his play as the series goes on. He's been great thus far. He's held down the fort, but they need a little bit more. Tristan Jari is 100% the most important injured player right now to the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's their starting goaltender. He was in Vezina conversations halfway through the season. He was an all-star this year. I love Deming, but you give up five and four goals respectively. You need a little bit more, and understandably, that's going to come with their starting goaltender. Currently, Jari is day-to-day with that lower body injury, but he is skating in full gear on his own, not taking shots as of right now. Secondly, I have Brian Dumoulin. Dumoulin is also day-to-day with a lower body injury. The weird thing with him is he has yet to even skate. He's yet to be back on the ice. So we really don't know what's going on with him since he went down in game one with that lower body injury. But fortunately enough, it's been long enough that it's not like he had a season-ending surgery and they're just waiting to announce it like they did with the Smith. 
there so there's a chance that he could return despite being day-to-day and not coming back onto the ice yet and then third I have Raquel of course upper body injury head injury he is skating with skills coach Ty Hennis a couple of the past days he was the only penguin on the ice on Sunday so I have Jari Dumlin Raquel what's your three you're muted (laughs) I am muted sorry they're cutting grass outside my window so I have to mute when I can and I was uh, thrown off by a DM but um yes I have that same exact order um, I think, I mean, Jari's skating as we speak, so he's making his yeah. progress. Uh, that's going to be huge for this team. Like we just talked about Louis Domingue, he's a good backup. He's going to be yes. a good backup for the playoffs. Um, Dumoulin, just because we need, sure, he, he hasn't been great down the stretch, but someone to kind of shut, you know, bring the defense back a little bit, shut it down, make it a bit more of a consistent lineup in there. Um, because quite honestly, as much as we love Mark Freeman, he's he hasn't done anything. He hasn't done what we've expected of him. Yeah, per se, he hasn't to the extent at least. I can't. I just don't recall him attempting to get under people's skin. So that's kind of where you lose me a little because that's what we've been wanting from him. Whenever he got into the he got into the playoffs, we want him to get under everyone's skin and be the pest. We haven't seen it too much, so it's not. Yeah, but I think there. he's played well. He's played fine. Like it, yeah. In those games, he has over 50% of the expected goals. You know, he's, he's the expected goals god as he was deemed in the regular season. He's playing good defensively. He's also not playing very much. I think he has, an, on average, like 11 minutes of ice time. Yeah, that's the one thing I noticed about game two. I just, or even game three, I just kept looking around and just said, I have not seen 52 that often. And I haven't looked mm-hmm. at the times of it. But yeah, it just doesn't seem like he's getting the ice time either. And yeah. then Raquel, as much as... As much as uh, he is fun to watch and is important to have on uh, in the forward core, I mean, should be, should still be up with Crosby, but so be it. I mean, we know this first line works. Um, we have other guys. We do. Uh, it's not ideal in the contract year in the way I think I wanted hit Raquel to be an X-Factor in the series, but um, the fact that he's skating is a bonus. Mm-hmm. You know, We know he's probably going to come back about the same time as Jari, it seems. Yeah. Um, I think it's huge that he will be back, but I just we have other skaters. The full, your forward core is your biggest depth group, right? Mm-hmm. Always is. You have guys that can fill in. We have a team that can do it. Um, especially if that bottom six starts to get going like we just saw. Yeah. Sh- sure, two on the power play. Don't care. Bottom six is doing something because especially in the playoffs, I don't care how they score it, they scored it. Yes. Much like that empty netter that almost went in, that Evan Rodriguez almost put in. He, oh, first of all, he man. almost ended the life of 18,000 people. Secondly, more, more than that. Yeah. Secondly, <laughs> that puck goes in. You know what we're not talking about? First of all, probably Penguins win. But second, uh, the Rangers definitely aren't asking how. They're asking yeah. how many. So in, in with the uh, power play goals and power play points, uh, in the playoffs especially, I'm not asking how. I'm asking mm-hmm. how many because are they converting to wins so far? Yes. So yeah. if the even if the bottom six is scoring on the power play, if they can do it and gain momentum for themselves, it's yeah, big enough for me. Yeah, I think that just underscores the importance of all three of these guys. That Raquel is ranked third. I think he will probably be the guy that returns fastest from injury. I know it's it's a big head injury. It was a massive hit. It didn't look good. But nonetheless, the fact that he's been on the ice with that type of injury, I know he's not taking contact yet is a good sign. And the fact that he's constantly been on the ice, which means he hasn't been facing any setbacks. But nonetheless, all three of these guys, very, very important 
for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, let me ask you this. If they don't get any of them back, which might not happen in this series, do you still think the Penguins can take down the Rangers? I do think so. Mm-hmm. I So, one thing I'd totally forgotten about, that this is Igor Sesterkin's first playoff series. Yes. As a starter. Yeah. I've totally forgot about that. That's mm-hmm. huge and something that really um woo, uh not that we no one discussed enough because of the season he had. Mm-hmm. But that's way bigger than people give credit for, especially in a goalie mindset. This is a different thing now. No one was shouting your name during the regular season. I mean, you were giving up only one goal in yeah. in our arena to you had a good game one. I mean, you had almost a record-breaking game one, but you still lost. To game two where you Very shut good. it down. Very good. Yeah, Crosby still scored on you, but he's on a mission. Ain't not much you could do about that, Igor. Sorry. Yeah. And you also died on the ice. We're so happy you're back. We love that. Uh, we don't want to see anyone get hurt or, you know, no. uh, pass away on the ice. It's just not good. Um, and then game three, puck drop. Your name's getting shouted. Welcome to away game playoff hockey. Different atmosphere. Yeah, it's we. Di- I totally did not realize that this is his first series. Totally forgot about it. So, the fact that the crowd was able to—I'm not gonna say the crowd took him out of the game, but the fact that the crowd was able to be at the game and mm-hmm. maybe have a factor there. Yeah, um, it's taking him out of it a little bit. So that's something to really focus on. Sure, we can't outscore our problems against the Vesna winner, but. If we can get a huge game in Game Three from the from the offense, mm-hmm. or Game Four, yeah, so it's a, it's different. He he's learning it now. And here's the big thing for this game: it is Igor Shesterkin's revenge. He got pulled in Game Three and multiple times just in the past couple of years. We don't even need to go the whole way throughout NHL history. When a goaltender of that caliber gets pulled in a game, he comes back and normally plays very very well to exceptional in the following outing. So I don't expect anything less than the Vesna goaltender to be in between the pipes for the New York Rangers. So Sturkin is going to have a great game tonight. If he doesn't, I'll be I'll be vastly surprised because even though he gave up four goals in the first period and was yanked in game three, he is still top two, potentially number one goaltender in the National Hockey League in the world right now. He's going to come back and he's going to play a massive role in this, in this game and honestly the rest of the series. I don't think you're ever going to see Shesterkin as shaken as he was in Game 3, Period 1, other than when Jeff Carter accidentally, you know, <laughs> ran into him when he purposely ran into him. Right. I don't know. Yeah. It was bad. We all know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's a big key tonight is to see how the Penguins can respond to Shesterkin's obviously – Probably dominance. He's. I, I really think that th- that's my feel on tonight's game, is that Igor Shosturkin is going to be at the very tippy top of his game, and it's going to be very, very difficult for the Penguins to beat him. No, I mean, it, that's very possible, but again, if they did it in Game 3, I'm assuming they're going to do it in Game 4. The second that puck drops, they're going to be shouting Igor. Almost guaranteed. Yeah, but I really... I, I, love, I love the fact that the Penguins fans are into it. I don't think that's shaking him. I really don't. No, but uh, when it's sustained and whenever that shouting goes on and then you give up four, yeah, I mean, goalies are heady people. Yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> we saw Igor Sesterkin skate toward the Penguins and not off the ice after that last regular season meeting. Yeah. 
I'm keeping that meme. I have that video. I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it in my back pocket. I see a lot of people posting it. I'm I'm keeping it in my back pocket. I'm not saying anything yet because, like I said, I have a feeling he's gonna be very very good the rest of this series. But nonetheless, I mean, it's the same thing with 2013 wild card game. Johnny Cueto drops that ball. Let's. It's it was not the fans that caused him to drop that ball. But it was he's Johnny Cueto. It was the moment. It was the fact that he accidentally dropped the ball and the fact that the fans were there is it adds to it and it makes it a storyline. I don't think that the Penguins fans are at Igor's head. I think he's fine. Nonetheless, it is still vastly important that they bring that energy, whether that be shouting Igor or just bring that energy because you saw what it did to the Penguins. That I do think makes a difference. You saw the way they came out in that game. You saw how Jason Zucker responded. By absolutely leveling Adam Fox. That's what the Penguins need. They need the fans to be on that bullshit from second one, from warm-ups on. Because if that happens, the Penguins will get out to a similar start, which is another massive factor in tonight's game. They need to come out guns a-blazing the way they did in Game 3. Yeah, absolutely right. I think we can keep it up. I have full confidence in the team. It's going to be... The crowd will be there. We know it. We've mm-hmm. got to take full advantage of this series. So, before we move on and head over to our Pens poll, which is how we'll finish off this episode, I want to ask you this, Horwat. What is the formula for the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight to win Game 4 and take a 3-1 series lead? Get up early. Don't let off the pedal. I think those are going to be two huge things. If you want a quick update, they're not from teammates, but Tristan Jari is now facing shots. Well, that, that's very that's that's very encouraging. Yes. Um, Andy Kyoto's rifling shots at him. So, no. Man, if he comes back on Wednesday for Game 5, you will not hear it for the end of me because I've been saying Game 5 for about a week and a half now. Think- so I'll be very happy. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's a little too soon. But the fact that he's facing shots now is another step in the right direction. Yeah. But the, but the big formula for Game uh, 4, quite honestly, is going to be taking full advantage of your home ice, mm-hmm. getting up early, getting multi-goal leads early because this, we've already seen it. The Rangers are a team that can attack and get back at you and not mm-hmm. taking your foot off the pedal. That's the biggest one for me is just making sure you're driving the entire game. Don't let the Rangers take the seat because if they do, you don't know how high of a mountain they can create for you mm-hmm. because it's the postseason. And it's if it's later in the game, you don't know if you'll have the time to climb it. Um, it's going to be important to get up early and hold on to the momentum and hold on to the lead and keep the crowd in it. Mm-hmm. For me, I think the biggest thing, and I do like what you're saying there, but we have seen in this series that both teams have been able to come back from multi-goal deficits. The Penguins did it back in Game 1 when they were down 2-0. to nothing. They scored 2 in the second period. The Rangers, like we mentioned in Game 3, down 4-1, to one, made it 4-4 to four before the Penguins pulled back away. I think the big thing in this game is going to be, once again, I'm hammering this home every time, special teams. The Penguins have given up more, the first unit, I should say, because the second power play unit's been great. The Penguins' first unit has given up more goals in this series than it has scored. That is never, ever acceptable in the Stanley Cup playoffs, let alone with two to three potential Hall of Famers in your lineup on your power play. The Boston Bruins put out a power play yesterday of five forwards, and they did not give up nearly the amount of chances 
that the Penguins have given up with one of the best defensemen in the National Hockey League, Chris Letang, back there. They need to not just, I mean, even if they don't score, they need to take those power plays and create momentum because we saw in game number three what happens when you don't. It bit the Rangers in the butt immediately. Danton Heinen scored right after that. That ended up being the game-winning goal. So the Penguins, I loved what I saw from the penalty kill. Keep that going. But also, the power play. Get something going. It doesn't have to be a goal. But get some shots on goal. Create a little momentum. And get some sustained offensive zone pressure. Because that's something that the Penguins have not been able to do at all in this series with the man advantage. Isn't it weird saying that even though we scored two power play goals? Yep. Well, Evan Rodriguez that's is second a god. Unit. That's why. That second unit, you know, it's yep. it's something different. I mean, I agree with you. You're right. The the special teams does have to get better and be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hey, if the second unit is going to drive momentum, someone's going to drive it. Yeah. Well, the the problem is you don't want to have to rely on that. Yeah. And yeah. also the shorthanded goals. The shorthanded goals are, are pathetic. The effort that I've seen from Evgeny Malkin defensively on the power play, which is something you shouldn't even have to worry about, has been pathetic. Well. I think Malkin's done a lot better than people give him credit for in this series as a whole, especially at five on five. But in those situations where the pucks go in the other way on the power play, he has not been able to get back. He hasn't shown the effort to get back. But realistically, at the end of the day, the the whole unit needs to be better. No, I couldn't agree more. You're right. The whole unit does need to be better. We got to maintain shorthanded goals and build momentum with our first unit. The second unit can do it. That's great. But it's the main guys that'll get a that'll get a crowd behind you. Yes. Yeah, the goals from Crosby, the goals from Gensel, the goals from the Malkins of the world. I mean, anytime Malkin scores one of those slap shot goals from the wing on the power play, that I think boosts the Penguins' ego and just their morale and vibe way more than Crosby tipping one in front, way more than Gensel tipping one in front. It's almost like how Patrick Hornfist's goals used to get the people going back in 2017 and 2016. You just need to get anything even if it's not a goal i'm just imploring that it's better than it has been before we're going to take a quick break when we return we're going to have our weekly pens poll because we asked last week how the series will play out you answered we have a couple people to uh rule out in that regard but other than that we'll talk about it after the break hockey fights lifestyle and tales from a first round draft bust we have it all and more on the hockey podcast network your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. So, in that commercial break, uh, and we won't talk on this too long because this is a Penguin show, Oh, yeah, I saw this, too. New York Islanders fire head coach Barry Trotz after missing the playoffs this season. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> what, Lou, what are you doing? This guy, I mean, I understand it was a very bad season for them. It was better but they tur- though, yeah. They turned it around, first of all. Second of all, look at the beginning of the season. COVID issues, didn't play in a home game until, what, a month and a half into the season. And then still almost made the playoffs. Still were the last team out. This is also a coach that took you to back-to-back Stanley Cup semifinals. Oh, what is you doing up there on Long Island? What is going on? I don't understand that at all. I really don't. Like, that is that is shocking who, who, to me. Who needs a defensive-minded coach? No, not us. Please, no. 
Like, I don't, I don't need that. But like, I'm trying to think of who's going to have a head coaching Philly. <gasps> Philly should hire Barry Trotz. Yes, they, they have. They, they just said that Mike Yo is not coming back. That's where he should go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because you know how many revenge games he's going to get? All of them. <laughs> Washington Islanders and the Penguins. He'll have all of the... Re- not the Penguins. Why did I say the Penguins? I don't... He doesn't have any... Re- he already exacted he got his, his revenge, revenge on the Penguins. Yeah, he got his revenge Two game. of the last three years. But Islanders and the Capitals, but like... That... It just doesn't make sense to me. I figured I'd bring it up to start this segment. It doesn't. Also, it's it, three of the last four years. You had to remember that Capitals run. Yeah, I mean, well, he's got his revenge on. He doesn't need any more revenge yeah, on I, us. I thought I thought you were talking about with the Islanders, but like, what that was that his real thing? revenge on us. Nineteen twenty twenty. He's had four seasons. Two of them, he went to the Eastern Conference Finals, and the other one, you lost in the second round after sweeping the Penguins in the first round. With lackluster talent, nonetheless, I understand he like mismanages his lineup, and younger guys never get an opportunity. But like, who are their younger guys anymore? I mean, technically, Barzal and Beauvillier are the only ones there. But like, Kiefer Sherwood was never given a sh- an opportunity. I believe is is who I'm thinking of. Uh, Ke- no, Kiefer Bellows. Kiefer Bellows, yeah. Kiefer Bellows. Um, but no, it that's surprising to me. But nonetheless, um, let's move on and talk about our pens poll. We simply asked last week, how does this series play out? Let us know. Uh, pens in six or seven is both the spectrum where we lied on. We both said pens in seven last Monday on our episode. We were part of the 44% that won this poll here. Pens in six or seven was what everybody took. And right now that is probably, if you looked at DraftKings, the show sponsor, that's probably where the money is lying right now. That's probably where the odds are. Rangers in six or seven was the second place winner there. 26% of the vote got that. Rangers in four or five got third place with 23. And all I'm going to say to that is 23% of you are dead wrong already. See ya. Bye. And pens in four or five got 7% of the vote. Pens in four won't happen. They will not close out tonight. They could possibly close out on Wednesday in game five and 7% of you will be correct. But more than likely, if the Penguins are going to win this, it's going to be in six or seven. So to break this down entirely, people thought either the pens are going to win in a long series or the Rangers are going to win in you know, quickly or honestly, the Rangers are going to win. Nobody thought the Penguins would win quickly, which is still an option. It is, but uh, I don't think anybody expected that. We saw what Igor Sazerka did in the regular season. Me totally forgetting that he hasn't played a playoff series in his career. It's huge. That's way bigger than people give it credit for because how often do do the Penguins go into a playoff series? And one of the big discussions is always, uh, well, this team has playoff experience. The team they're playing does not. Hey. You're kind of right about that, especially now this year. It's yeah. Sturkin's first playoff series. <clears throat> Lafreniere and Kako's first playoff series. Keetle's uh, first playoff series, I would assume. Keetle's first. Adam Fox. Adam Fox. Keandre Miller. Yeah. yeah. It's all these guys' first playoff series. They're learning Ryan what the Lindgren. Are. Yeah. Basically, their entire, I believe, I remember in game one, they were like, there's like five players on the Rangers that have had a playoff game before. Criders have been a like Jad. That. Uh, Panarin. Panarin. I know... Shesterkin has played in a playoff game before, but not starting in the one, series. Yeah, he played in one game in the bubble against the Carolina Hurricanes when the Rangers were already down two to nothing. Yeah, and oh, that was the real. I remember that game. That was like that was a big deal because it was probably Hank's last playoff run, and they said nope, that many straight playoff appearances, and you're gone. Yeah, that yeah. was a dramatic game for him to play in. Oh yeah, so it's his yeah. first playoffs 
in front of a crowd too. Oh yes. man, I don't feel bad for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, nonetheless, the way the series has played out has been a little bit surprising. If you would have asked us last week, if we thought, <laughs> obviously, if we thought there was going to be a triple overtime in Game One, where a third, if we thought there was going to be a third string goalie in for the Pittsburgh Penguins, if you thought. Oh, the Pens are going to give up a four to one lead in one period after a great first period. Like this has been an absolutely crazy series, in my opinion, probably the best series in the Stanley Cup playoffs up to this point. Because all the games have been close, even though they've been multi-goal wins in games two and three, they've been close. They've been close. Been, yeah, I think <laughs> L.A. and Edmonton's just been wild. It's just yeah, it's blowout <laughs> after blowout on both sides. Yeah. Blow out, blow out, blow out. That's fun. I mean... It's kind of the same thing in the Toronto versus Tampa series. Yeah. Um, There's just a lot of drama in Boston, because of course there is. Was Jeremy Swayman yeah. in, by the way? Jeremy Swayman played both games three and four. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tell me how, Sway. <laughs> what other series? What, what series are we missing? Oh, Dallas is just boring. Yeah. But they're I mean, winning. They're, they're winning, and Calgary, once again, is just shattering all my expectations. Yeah. Oh, and uh, the Capitals. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Oh, I texted what, our buddy. Like, I texted our buddy, the Capitals fan, Tyler, and I just said, they're going to F around and win this series, aren't they? Ovi went on a mission, was on a mission on Saturday. Like, I watched that game, and I was like, this isn't fun. Like, they absolutely dominated the best team in hockey. They shut down the best team in hockey. We saw Huberto score early, and then that was it. It was it was phenomenal the performance that Ilya Samsonov put out. So obviously the playoffs are, are a whole lot of fun. It's weird to think that it's only been a week. Like we've only had a week of this, and it's already so deep with storylines and so deep with controversy and all sorts of fun. It's the playoffs. It's what you love to do. But it continues tonight. Penguins Rangers in Game Four. Can the Penguins take a commanding? Three to one series lead. We'll have to wait and see. We'll be back on Thursday or maybe earlier with some more content to talk about this series, but that's going to do it for this one. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the tip of the iceberg podcast. We'll see you later in the week. Whether when that will be is uh, to be determined, but we'll see you nonetheless to break down game four of pens versus Rangers. Have a great week. Pens fans. You can follow us on Twitter at Nick Horwat 41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.